0: What's up, what's up, people? Welcome to the Lagos to London podcast, and I'm your host, Sin. Sin is spelled S-Y-N. This is a podcast about migration, mental health, musings in between. I'll be sharing tips on migration and stories from black immigrants. This is the first ever episode I'm doing, and I'm hoping you guys will show me some love, by downloading, subscribing, and spreading the word about this podcast. Today's topic is, Why are you running? <laughs> Why are you running is a popular meme for those who are familiar with Nigerian social media. It, let me try to explain it. So it's a short clip of a lady running when an admirer in a car stops and she thinks him to be a ritualist. The perplexed man who only wants her number ends up asking her, why are you running? So from there, that short phrase went viral and a lot of people have been using it. I thought it'd be a good thing to discuss why so many young people, especially Nigerians, are living, or as we call it in Nigeria, jackpine. For a lot of young people, especially Nigerians, Africans in general, let me just make it a broad term, Africans in general who have this idea to japa, to migrate, to leave their homelands basically to other countries. There's a lot of talk of greener pastures or study. And a lot of well-meaning people have come up with ways to help them get admission and all that stuff. But not many people are talking about the mental gymnastics involved in preparing your mind for the whole process. How do you get your money ready? Why are you leaving, AKA why are you running? And is it a good idea to leave all you know and start afresh in a new country? Let me tell you man, it's a really, really expensive venture both financially mentally anything you can think of especially if you are moving to the UK where you have little or no scholarship especially if you're using the student route Even in the US now scholarship you know what I mean but the UK <laughs> let me not say one thing I'm glad it up to say another thing the UK they barely give and when they give, they can tell you your school fees is like 20000 and then and you have to provide the remaining 18000 That's what they call scholarship. It's unlike the US where if you write your GRE and your TOEFL and you have high scores, there's a high probability you can get few tuition scholarship. So there's this disparity if you are using the student route for the UK. let me not talk about that one so in essence no one prepares you for this journey how do you save money how do you prepare yourself mentally to uproot your life from the country you know the people you know the family you know the things you're familiar with no one really prepares you for that they just tell you get admission to this country get admission to this country after that You know, who holds your hand and tells you this is what you need to do, this is the mental space you need to be in to start something like this. Who does that? So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing my why, which is the reason I left. So that someone somewhere, someone listening can find their why to make the journey I began a couple of years ago. So I left Nigeria for several reasons. Some of them were personal, some of them not so personal. But the main one going on, the catalyst, was the frustration I felt with the country. Before I moved to London, I had lived in Lagos all my life. I was a Lagos girl. I had the right amount of weary to change things when the situation called for it and also the right amount of push to clean my champagne glasses at one or two literary events in Via on the days when I didn't even watch my speech you know the H factor <laughs> the H factor would just show itself you get ba so I was Lagos girl true and true, and I never believed for one day that I would leave for the longest time you know, I had this relationship with Lagos. We were in a tumultuous relationship. And like some abusive marriages, the sex was so good I couldn't leave. But one thing changed my decision to leave. Changed my decision to leave Lagos, changed everything I knew. And it was the NSAS protest. It was my why. And I'm going to share with you what happened. On that fateful day that made me decide that enough is enough so quick one before we go into my story if you haven't shared this podcast or subscribe please do so thank you very much back to my story I moved to London sometime in 2021 but before that my plans to migrate were already on the way I had it at the back of my mind that I would leave sometime in 2019. I think it was 2019 I started doing a lot of things because a lot of things were going on in my life at that moment, 2018, 2019. And I said to myself, ah, this is the best time to leave this country. Because the only way I could remain sane was to leave Nigeria to somewhere where I felt the problems I was having couldn't reach me. For me, it wasn't enough to change states or change jobs. It was not enough to just exist in Nigeria. You know how problems and pressure could just choke person left and right and you're like, "Ah, ah." Like, what's going on? You get. So I said to myself, with the way things are going, I don't think I want to be in this country anymore. Let me just start life afresh, let me go to another country and see what the whole Japan force is about. Now so I talk, oh, months come, months pass, as did they think. Although I had started searching for schools, I was still reluctant about leaving. I chose the school route because it's one of the easiest ways to migrate to be honest. There's going to be another episode on how I chose my school and how I raised money to pay my fees. So subscribe to this podcast and you'll get notified when the episode drops. I started searching for Canadian and UK schools even before the Rona came and scattered our normal. I was paying before me in activities so it's not as safe. I'm not serious about a lot of things so job activity is like a term I coined yeah you know how you see a picture completed by someone in minus 30 degrees weather and snow is all around the person or the person is trying to remove their car from snow and the person puts a caption do you still want to come to Canada this place is freezing then a lot of people go to the comment section like yes mm, even if it's freezing, we go, come back, belle. you don't want us to travel, you come back home now, and all that stuff. So those are the kind of things I call Japa activity, where you are still in the Japa conversation, but you are making little or no moves to change your status, except maybe commenting on status, or shouting UK, Canada, here I come, that kind of stuff. So that's what I call Japa activity. So that was me some time ago, you know, because Lagos was I don't know how to explain it. Because like where is it's, it's where I saw myself like ending up. I was so comfortable there, irrespective of everything that was going on. You know, I was making my money, working. It was just a comfortable place for me. So, when I was searching for schools, my mind wasn't really in it until sometime in 2020. I was like, let me go back to this conversation again, this whole relocating, let me start another postgraduate program and see where it leads me. So, the choice was between Canada and the UK, and I settled on the UK because of several factors, and basically because. They don't require application fees when it comes to applying for masters. In fact, what tipped the scale was a friend I had a conversation with. I was like, ah, I'm thinking of considering Canada, and I'm also thinking of considering UK. And he was like, eh, Canada, Canada is that, it's like igorodu. I tell you, Canada and the UK. <laughs> the UK is like surgery, and Canada is like igorodu. I was like. Ah, <laughs> so I was like, ah, I don't want to go to Gurdro, let me go, go go to the UK and I was doing a health related course, I have a master's in psychology, so I was like, ah, okay, let me go to the UK since it's health I'm doing. I applied to nine UK schools and I got admission to almost all of them. I was like, ah, chukudalu, I don't get admission. <laughs> I didn't want to waste the admission. So I decided to start one. Choose one, start one, and start receiving lectures via to start learning. At that time I was still skeptical, even at that point, even when I had gotten admission. I was still skeptical. When it was time to pay the tuition deposit was when I knew that things were getting rain. I was like, should I, should I not? and trust those schools, they will finish you with emails, it was like an Uwuda kind of situation, you, you know what's Uwuda, when a person, a conductor is telling you, Uwuda, that give me my money, give my money, so every day I was receiving emails from these universities that I gotten gotten admission with, you know, leur- urging me to pay my tuition deposit. Like I felt like a passenger in it down because it was older, older older. Mm. So in the midst of this, this was sometime around September, in the midst of this, the NSAS protest began sometime in October. It started, you know, I think it was um, second week of October I started, if I'm not mistaken, or first week of October. I think second week of October I started. And then there was the dreaded day, the October 20, 2020. Man, I don't like recalling that day because it brings back a whole lot of memories I've been trying to suppress. But it's really important I share with you the reason why I left my comfort zone. Because a lot of people will never travel if that's in their plan. If something doesn't charge them to make that move, if there's no catalyst. So in October 2020, that morning I had a chat with a prospective writing client at Maryland. I still remember that day vividly. He needed a copywriter for his laundry business. A friend of mine had mentioned my name in a room because I was a freelancer at the time. Then on my way back from the meeting, I came across the Surulere Yaba Unilag exit protesters. I was like Instead of going to join those around my area where I lived at the time, let me join this access to carry out my protest. Unknown to me, the serial protester had had an eventful morning. So a policeman had been shot by his colleagues while he was trying to dispel the protesters at one of the police stations and his intestines were just out when I saw the video. Another driver who was swimming around the side I can't really recall, he was hit by a stray because the policemen were shooting at the protesters when they came to the police station to protest and a stray bullet hit a driver who had just brought his head out of his car to check who was causing the traffic. And the doctors in the protest tried to save him but they couldn't save him. Thinking back to that day. It's really tough for me, and I imagine how that event is still tough for a lot of Nigerians who were involved, really involved in that protest. Sometimes I don't even remember everything that happened. It's like my brain is trying to save me from recalling that traumatic experience. It was really a horrific time. Not only for me, but millions of nigerian youth something something broke in us that day so i jo- i joined the protest when i finished my meeting with the prospective client in maryland we walked and sang and chanted we walked and cried and prayed we walked and walked and walked <laughs> i know Lagos like the back of my palm but I was too hungry and too determined to make my voice heard in that 40 degree hot weather that I didn't even take notes of the rules we followed. So by the time I figured out what was going on, we already actually lagged. My legs were swollen because I hadn't trekked like that in a very long while. I was hungry as, as, as F. Even with the gala and ice cream I bought along the way, I was still hungry. So when we got to Unilag, we gathered around Mr. Macroni, I think he was an activist I and mean, community, I think he was the one heading that accessed. He climbed on the protest bus where we were blasting music and all that stuff, singing the video songs, and announced that further updates would be shared. So I think someone was even sharing sandwiches by the side because a lot of people were hungry and all that stuff. So there were talks, as Macaroni was talking, there were talks of some of us in groups that, ah, we are going to join Lekyo, that because things were happening there, some of us who didn't live in Lekki saw the way they were sharing food, sharing drinks and all that stuff there. So we knew Lekki to be like, we knew lucky to be like the happening center. Things were always happening there. DJ was there, celebrities were coming there. Little did we know that the main thing was yet to happen that night. You know, I couldn't join the lucky protesters because I was tired and my legs just would so I just went home. It was in the bus I heard that the governor had made an impromptu announcement that there will be a curfew and that no one was to be found outside that evening. When I heard the governor had announced the curfew I was like ah this curfew this one is announcing by this time. Is it not too late? A lot of people are either lucky to get or they're on their way there. Why wasn't there at least a day's notice so people will at least be aware. You know, I heard from people, I came online, I saw some people saying, oh, celebrities were telling people to leave the toll gate that they had announced the curfew. My brother, my sister, I never suspected that anything untold would happen that day. When I go home, the first thing i saw when i went online was some of the gory pictures of the policeman i mentioned earlier and the video of the driver who had been killed by a stray bullet (sighs) those pictures and that video they are too gory to describe and if you if you didn't follow the protest just use the hashtag answers and see some of the things, some of the lives that were lost. (sighs) I mean, when I finished looking at that, that video and that picture, I was like, what is this? Just because we asked the police not to shoot at us indiscriminately, is it what is causing this killing and all that stuff? young people cannot rotate like What's the problem going on? So that night, even before the shootings began, I sent a message to my portfolio manager in tears. I told him, dissolve everything I have, sell off everything, every single asset I have, liquidate every investment, find someone to buy it, give me the money. I don't think I want to be in this country anymore. I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with staying here. Since mobile data is... I told him, give me the money. Like, I, I don't think I can stay in here anymore. He was telling me, calm down, calm down. What happened? Talk to me. I was weeping and crying. Like someone who had been served to breakfast on Valentine's Day it was my heart was so heavy so heavy one thing that pained me about that protest is that I really didn't have any hope I usually don't have hope when it comes to chance of Nigeria go better and all that stuff but that protest rekindled whatever hope I had left whatever inkling of hope I had left it rekindled it I was also one of those people who would email when the topic of Nigeria Gopeta came up. But during the protest, I strongly believed that it would make a difference. For the first time in a long while, the youths were united, they were coordinated, and out in their millions, across different, not only Lagos, across different states. We were trending worldwide, the hashtag NSAS was trending worldwide, and people were listening. We protested with our whole strength, our whole souls, our whole power. We are not asking for much, we just wanted the SARS units of the police force scraped. because of their brutality and, the, and their, wicked, their marine spirit wickedness we just wanted it scrapped it was like the one last shot at a revolution and I was down for that so sometime around 8-ish, 8pm-ish if I can recall I saw Leggy get trending I was like ah, okay Lucky people are having fun i like let me click and see who is the artist performing there lo and behold I clicked on the hashtag and I saw that soldiers were shooting at the protesters at the toll gate. Ah oh my god, Laila I have never been shocked at an action. I didn't believe it until someone posted a link to an Instagram live. Of a guy selling cars, and on the live, he was crying, "Ah, If I die today, I die for Nigeria. I'm going to die. They want to kill me, they are going to kill me. (sniffs) Nah, eh, it's all me, guy. If you find me, you know, go see me. From there, I moved to DJ Switches Live where I'm just hearing go shop. What's going on here? The Instagram live was over 150,000 people watching it. Coro, coro, this one will be said see them. See coro, coro. Over 150,000 people watching it. We all saw the trying to remove a bullet from someone's leg. People were waving flags while they were being shot. Protesters waved their flags, crying, singing the national anthem. like who does this who who shoots her people (sighs) i was in tears. i went on the live you know i and so many other people were attacking different humanitarian organizations to intervene praying shouting screaming i remember barging into my sister's room to ask her if she was sick because i didn't want to believe that my eyes were playing tricks on me i passed into my sister's room i was like no, are you are you watching this are you watching this?" i couldn't believe my eyes she had protested at uh, one of the mainland access and she was back home she was seeing what i was saying too we started crying together soon swearing for the country, praying, now that I'm reminiscing my heart is beating like super fast because I don't like remembering this at all I do not want to remember. (sighs) On that live Nigerians were tagging people shouting, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. You know Nigerians are the only thing we get now, blood of Jesus. (laughs) It's like Dr. Goko that cures 152 ailments, including Staphylococcus my violent stroke. <laughs> <laughs> we were tagging people, David, Doc, and the Minaj, we everybody, Human Rights, Obama, Bob Britsky. We were tagging, in fact, everybody and their mother were stacked. It was a mess. I was just weeping. I was so tired, tired, I tried calling a few friends to know where they were, but <sighs> October 28th, I went back to my portfolio manager and I said that's it, that is it, that is my final straw, I'm done, it's done. I no longer want to identify I no longer identify as a Nigerian. I no longer seek to be identified with Nigeria. Like a bad marriage I was done. I said, sir, sir, mapinosa. Sell everything and not do it again. It's not by force. I don't want to have investment. I don't want to have assets in this country. It's not by force. It's not by force. Sell everything you're managing for me. Wholesale. Waso waso, sell it, sell it, pay, sell it, pay, sell it, bend down, sell it. Let me know when you are done. I'm tired, I'm done. D O N E, done. That's it, that's my final answer. The following couple of weeks, I was like, let me pay my tuition deposit and just leave this country. Yes, on that 20th, October 20th, 2020, that was the day I mentally checked out. I remained in Nigeria physically but I had mentally checked out. Nothing could bring me back from the decision I had made. I ran it around, paid my tuition deposit, and began my visa application process. Because I had not even applied for visa when I started classes sometime in September. We're still doing this learning in that period to show you how undecided I was to leave before the NSARS protest began. October 20th was the last straw that broke the camel's back. It was, I said no, and they do again. So, yeah, that's how I moved from Lagos to London. I took the last flight out one day in 2021, and I've been here ever since. Sometimes something needs to happen before you make that move. It doesn't have to be as traumatic as the NSAS protest, but you need to have your why. Your why needs to propel you to make that decision to leave, instead of just engaging in japa activity. For you listening to the sound of my voice today, what's your why? Are you seeking greener pastures? Are you seeking a better standard of living? Have you been owed salaries for months? Has the police harassed you? Do you seek a better life for your children? Is everything just tiring simply because you have a green passport? No we'll lie, migration is not easy. But if you don't have a strong why, it becomes just a bandwagon thing instead of something serious for you. Or, are you having that japa conversation because every other person is having the conversation? Or is it because you really want to leave a toxic situation? Have you found your why? I found mine and I left. It was enough to sustain me when things were looking like it won't work. I held on to that image, that traumatic incident. And I used it to propel me forward. Because it's not easy to approach your life and make that decision to leave all that is familiar and there, to pack your bags and leave and say I know they do again. So you need to find your why. It's very important because migration is personal and not everyone will travel, I understand that. But when things are looking like it's not working, that why will help push you forward. No one told me these things I'm telling you now. But I want to help in any way I can and change the narrative that black people, they know they help themselves with any information or with any kindness. So yeah, that's it. Find your why, make the decision, and make your move. That's all I have to say to you today. So if you have any questions or you need someone to talk to, send me an email at the at gmail.com or send a DM to any of my social media handles at thelacklondonpod. Most of your questions will be answered in further episodes. So subscribe and stay tuned. I'll leave you now. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, my name is Sen and safe travels.